I'm Naomi Kilberth, Christian clinical herbalist, owner of Laurel Tree Wellness, and host of the Family Herbalism Podcast. Here on the show, I bring to you loads of helpful information and practical tips to help you on your natural health journey. We cover common and unique symptom pictures, underlying tissue states and the stories that lead to them, and so many tools that promote and restore wellness, not the least of which is plants. Thank you for joining us today. May you be blessed by the conversation and leave with hope and inspiration. Are you ready? Let's begin. Welcome back to the Family Herbalism Podcast. We now have almost 80 episodes available, and it seems kind of funny to be choosing now to create this episode, but we're going to talk about something really fun today, and that is how to make tea. <laughs> so after almost 80 episodes, I hope that those of you who have been listening for a while are already familiar with making a loose leaf tea. But I do realize that people listening may be coming from different backgrounds. And so rather than try to talk about how to make tea in every episode that I speak about making tea, I thought that it would be useful to have an episode dedicated to some of the tips and tricks that I have learned in making a good cup of tea that's going to be very helpful and serve some medicinal purpose. And so some of you listening probably are quite familiar with herbal medicine. And when you're listening to these podcasts, you're really looking for direction in the choice of herbs. But once you get pointed in the right direction, you're off and running. And so you don't really need to be told how to make tea or other remedies like tinctures or salves or compresses or whatever. My podcasts are generally created with this picture in mind because even if a listener doesn't have much experience with herbs, I really want you guys to gain confidence in yourselves and your ability to create herbal remedies. And by avoiding too specific of directions, I hope that it will really help to give you that confidence and that motivation to learn these skills rather than handing that responsibility off to another person. However, uh, many of the people who do come to me for support have little to no experience working with plants. Their experience might be limited to taking capsules that they bought at the grocery store or drinking tea that they also found at the grocery store. And for listeners with this background, you guys might need some encouragement and some practical guidance to get started. The idea of creating a tea blend or even brewing a cup of tea may sound unfamiliar and for some people even a little uncomfortable. And that's okay. I'm actually really excited when someone comes to me for support and they have no idea what they're doing because it means that they're open to new ideas and they want to learn and they're usually motivated to improve their health however they can. And so we get to start right from the beginning with some of these basic skills in creating tea. Today, I'm going to share with you some basic guidelines for making a cup of tea using loose leaf herbs, as well as some other tips and things that I have learned that are helpful in making various tea blends and just different ways of preparing tea so that you can enjoy it and it's easy and very um, applicable to your life. So whether you're starting from scratch here or you've been making tea for years, I am sure that you will find some pointers here helpful in your journey. 
So let's start with something really simple, okay? So we're not talking about making, like choosing your own blends today. We're really focusing on herbs that are already ready to go pretty much. So you have either a recipe that you're following or you're buying a, a bag of loose leaf tea that is already just ready to make into your into your tea, into your cup. So let's say that you're starting with a pre-made blend or a single plant. So maybe you got this from the, you know, an online source. Maybe you got it directly from an herbalist or a natural health food store, but you have this bag that's full of what we call loose leaf tea, which simply means that you have this dried plant material that's just filling up this bag. They're not coming in little pre-made satchels of teas that you just pop in your mug. It's just a bag of plant material. And so generally speaking, a basic cup of tea is going to be based on flowers and leaves of the plant. We'll get to how to make a tea if you have plant material other than flowers or leaves in just a little bit. So let's say you've got this tea blend that's already made up or a single plant of either flowers or leaves of a plant. What do you do with it? How do you turn that into a tea? So you're going to need a couple of supplies first. You're going to need a mug and you're going to need a way to heat water. So that could be either a teapot or, you know, a, a coffee maker where you can heat up water or a microwave. You can even use a saucepan on the stove and warm up water that way, but some way to heat water. And you'll, then you'll also need something to hold your tea in. So some people like to buy tea balls, or which are like little enclosed sieves that you put the tea material into, and then they're, they hang on a chain that might attach to the side of your mug. So those are a possibility. I work with muslin bags. They're just like little cloth bags that have a drawstring on them. And those are super easy to just throw in the in the sink with the dishes and and reuse afterwards. You can also use cheesecloth or coffee filters. These are more disposable options. You know, I actually know someone who in making one of their first loose leaf teas actually cut up coffee filters and put the tea material in and stapled it closed. And that might not be ideal if you're talking about long-term use, but if you're if you're stuck in a pinch and you're looking for materials you have on hand, those work. You can also use a French press or infuser mugs or infuser teapots. These are devices that are made specifically for infusing tea in which they have little uh, metal sieves that separate the plant material from the water in the container and they can be really pretty and fun and some of them are travel friendly and things. So just you're talking about some kind of tool that you can use to put the material in. So what you're going to do is first of all take that tool that you have chosen and you're going to put a spoonful or about one tablespoon of plant material into this tea ball or muslin bag or whatever or into your french press and and then you're gonna if you have a tea ball or the muslin bag then you're gonna put that into your mug so slightly different situation depending on whether you're using a mug or an infuser mug or a teapot but you get the idea you're putting the material into the bag and then into the the mug or other uh, device then you're going to heat the water in a teapot or in the microwave or however you're heating it until it's almost boiling and then pour it over the plant. 
So you're pouring it right into your tea mug. And then you're letting it sit for about five to seven minutes. This is the brewing process. This is where the plant material is simmering in the water and it's basically making a broth out of the plant material. And then you'll remove the plant material, generally by removing the tea ball or the tea bag. And if you want to sweeten it, you can, and then you drink it as soon as it's cool enough to drink. This is a basic cup of tea. Uh, we'll get to sweeteners at toward the end of this episode. I'm going to be talking about what to use for sweeteners and pros and cons of that. But for now, just know that this is the basic protocol for making a tea with flowers or leaves. Now, if you are working with a tea blend or a single plant that uses the berries, roots, bark, or thicker, harder material, you're going to want to make a decoction. If you just pour hot water over these things, you'll get some flavor out of it. You'll get some of the medicinal properties, but it's still going to be leaving a lot behind because they're just so thick and fibrous that they need more time and hotter water in order to release those chemicals. So there's different ways of making a decoction, but this is a common, simple, simple, you know, few step process to making a decoction. Instead of putting the plant material into a tea bag or a tea ball and putting it into your mug, you're going to put the plant material directly in a saucepan and then add just a little extra water than what you would normally use for a cup of tea. So if you're making a single serving, this would look like a tablespoon of plant material and then maybe a cup and a quarter of water. So you'll put that into the pan. You'll cover it and bring it to a simmer for about 20 minutes. You're almost boiling it um, and it's over direct heat. So you're really warming up that plant material and causing it to release its chemical properties. And then just as you would with making a regular tea, you're going to strain it, sweeten it and serve. Sometimes you'll want to make a really strong tea for its medicinal effects and brewing it like a normal tea enables many of the aromatic or volatile properties to actually evaporate out of the mug before you have a chance to drink them. So in this case, if we're really going for a strong medicinal tea, we actually don't want to put it into a mug. So you don't have to do this right away, but it is a step that can be important for some people. And I will instruct some clients on how to do this so that we're really directing the medicine to a specific symptom or set of symptoms. And in this case, what you're doing is creating an infusion. So a tea is where you have it in a mug. So you have the steam evaporating, but with an infusion, you want the plant material that is simmering to be in a closed container. That's the major difference is that instead of being in an open mug, it's in a closed container. When this happens, you hold in all of those volatile properties that are evaporating up to the cover. They're falling, they're cooling and then falling back down in the form of tea. And so you're getting a lot more of the medicinal properties from that. So this could look like using a mason jar or a thermos or some other closed uh, container that is made out of glass or metal. And so you will do the same thing as before. You put the plant material into your tea bag, your tea ball, you put it into the mason jar, and then you pour the near boiling water over it and you close it. You close the container, put the cover on, 
and this time you're going to let it brew for at least 20 minutes similar to the decoction we really want it to be nice and strong making sure that the container is closed for that whole time and then when you are done with the brewing process you remove the plant material strain it out if you need to sweeten it and serve another option is to make an uh, make your tea iced and this could be because you want a cooling effect on the body and sometimes it's for taste preference sometimes it's because we're making enough to last a couple of days and so we're just chilling it in the fridge but i'll get to that in a little bit either way we know that making an iced tea is still a very valid option for making a medicinal remedy and this, this is going to be uh, made with the same method that we use to make an infusion so after making the infusion which was the last set of instructions that i gave where you put it in a closed container after you make that infusion you remove the plant material and just pop the jar into the fridge and then once it's chilled you can either drink it as is or you can pour it into a glass over ice cubes uh, a lot of people really like this option if they're not normally tea drinkers because for whatever reason drinking tea chilled creates a, a different sensation as we're as we're drinking it and can even change the tastes that we are aware of as we're drinking it and so this can be a good option for people who are new to making their own tea another variation that i sometimes direct my clients to make is a sun tea this is also called a cold infusion this method enables different plant properties to be absorbed by the water compared to hot water in fact, hot water, as in making a regular infusion or a regular cup of tea, actually destroys a few of the properties that are in the plant material. And in the case of, you know, wanting to actually work with those materials, we want to prepare it in cold water so that they are gently extracted without destroying them. One example would be mucilage. This is a substance found in herbs like marshmallow and mullein. And if you're trying to soothe an upset stomach or dry lungs, you don't want to destroy the mucilage. You don't want it to be broken down and evaporated. You want to contain it within the tea. So to do this in a jar, place the plant material and pour room temperature water in it and close the jar. And then you can either let it sit on a windowsill in the sun or just on the kitchen counter overnight. And then after at least six hours, preferably more like 12, you strain it, sweeten it if desired, and drink it. And if you'd like to chill it after the brewing, you can do that as well, but you don't wanna stick this in the fridge. You wanna let it sit in the room temperature uh, you know, environment in order to properly absorb these um, properties from the plant material. For some people, making tea on a daily basis is just, doesn't fit into their lifestyle we'll just say they're either busy or maybe they have a hard time remembering to take their vitamins much less taking or making a tea every day so in this case i teach people how to make a larger batch of tea that will last for three or four days you don't really want to make a batch that's going to last a whole week because by then some of the properties are degrading and it's not going to be quite as useful so i will encourage people to make up to a quart of tea and then just sip on it over the next two to four days if you're uh, so if you're a busy person and you still want the benefit of working with the tea you can make an infusion with a quart of tea and then refrigerate it so in this case you're going back to the infusion instructions 
where you're putting the plant material into a closed container, pouring the water in, closing it up, letting it sit for uh, at least 20 minutes, and then straining it out. Now you've got your infusion and you refrigerate it. And then when you're ready to take a dose, which is usually a cup of tea, you'll pour off a mug's worth when you're ready. And then you can reheat it in the microwave, but I prefer either drinking it cold or warming it in a saucepan. I think it's better for you that way. Um, so that, those are some basic things that you can do, some simple tips that you can use to create a cup of tea. So we've talked about starting with a single, a single plant, and if it's flowers or leaves, just making a simple cup of tea where you put it into a mug and let it brew for five to seven minutes. It's a very, very common way of preparing tea. If it's a thicker material, making the decoction where you simmer it in a saucepan, making a stronger medicinal tea by putting the plant material in a closed container to make an infusion, um, preparing it the same way and then icing it, putting it in the fridge and making a larger batch so that you can use it, uh, you know, take it out as needed without having to prepare a bunch every day. So, oh, and then we talked about the sun tea or the cold infusion. All right, so let's make things a little bit more interesting. Say you found a recipe for a loose leaf tea and you don't want to have to measure out a quarter teaspoon of this and half a teaspoon of that and make up this recipe every day. Sometimes that can also be complicated when the plant material is ac actually different sizes. So maybe you've got some milky oats that are like, these one inch long pieces and then you've got some Queen Anne's lace sprigs that are you know a little bit on the bigger side and and then you've got some nettle which is very fine so it's all different size material and that can be kind of tricky trying to measure out each of these different quantities so it can be easier to mix all these plants together um, that are needed for this recipe into a bigger jar so you can just pull off a spoonful each day and get approximately the same amount for each cup of tea when you make your individual cups. So there's some different ways to make this process easier. For one, you can always just multiply each quantity by the same number. So for example, if you wanna make a quart of tea, that's four cups worth of tea. So you just multiply each measurement by four. So that's one way to do it. But if you want to make a larger mix, the easiest way of blending them together is to turn the measurements into parts. This is a traditional method of blending and it looks like this. Take a look at your recipe and notice the herb with the smallest measurement. Say it's a quarter teaspoon of nettle. Now write down one part nettle. Now look at the next biggest amount of herb. Let's say it's three quarters of a teaspoon of oat straw. Well, if one quarter teaspoon equals one part, then three quarters of a teaspoon would equal three parts. And then you complete the translation of the recipe in this way. I'll tell you what to do with the parts once we have uh, kind of gone over some of the instructions here. But the idea, first of all, is to translate your recipe into parts. But what happens if you have a recipe with fractions that have different denominators? So these are the numbers on the bottom of the fraction. This is where you break out your elementary school math skills look for the least common multiple and begin by translating each of the original ingredients using your new measurements. So for example, if you have a quarter teaspoon of nettle and a third of a teaspoon of oat straw, notice that the lowest common multiple is 12. 
So now change your fractions so they both have 12 as the denominator. Now your new fractions are 3 twelfths teaspoons of nettle and 4 twelfths teaspoons of oat straw. Now let's say you decide that 1 twelfth is a part, so you have 3 parts nettle and 4 parts oat straw. Once you have relabeled your ingredients using parts, you can make each part any measurement that you want. For example, it could be a spoonful, a quarter cup, or a gallon. It doesn't really matter because you're keeping the same proportions. Now you look at the amount of herb material that you have and decide how much to blend together. If you have a huge amount of all your plants and you can make a larger recipe, or if you have only a half a cup of rose petals, for example, and plenty of your other ingredients, you can make sure, first of all, that a half a cup of rose petals is equal to the parts listed for rose petals on your new recipe. Storing your herbs well is also really important here. So if you buy a large amount of herbs and make this big blend, you'll wanna make sure it's stored properly so that it retains its flavor and medicinal effect for several months or however long it's gonna to take to go through all that plant material. I recorded an episode in season one, which was number 26, caring for your herbal remedies. And this gives more information on how to store your herbs properly. The last thing I wanna talk about is how to sweeten your tea. In many cases, it's actually better if you can avoid sweetening your tea at all because the flavor of some teas is actually part of the remedy. And by sweetening it, you change the effect it has. One specific example of this is the bitter flavor of some teas that are meant for digestive purposes. Bitters are really important for stimulating the digestive process, for releasing various enzymes and, you know, pancreatic and liver juices to be able to digest your food properly. And if you change the flavor, you're not going to have that same effect on all of those chemicals. So for some people, this is really important to make sure that it, it retains its flavor and that you learn how to adapt to that. For some people, some sweeteners can actually be harmful or they have to be more careful about them. For example, with diabetes um, or some people who have uh, food sensitivities or even nervous system conditions where some um, man-made sweeteners need to be particularly avoided. But uh, there are reasons that would be good to add some sweetener to your tea. So for example, if you're not going to be consistent with taking your medicinal remedy here because the flavor is a turnoff, then the benefit of sweetening or the, the, um, the potential downside of sweetening it is outweighed by the benefit of making sure you, that you're drinking this every day. So it might actually be better for you to sweeten it if that's gonna make the difference between drinking it consistently and experiencing the benefits or not. One option is to add in a bit of sweet plant material. And there are a number of herbs that do have a sweet flavor. For example, stevia or stevia, depending on how you pronounce that, you can actually get the real leaf. I have it available for, for my clients. If you get it in its whole form, it's going to be more nutritional than it is if you get it um, processed and powderized. But you also have licorice root, anise, and fennel. Um, there are others as well. There's also 
more like sweet and sour flavors that you can add by putting in berries or rose hips, um, blueberries, hawthorn berries, hibiscus. These all ha add like a, a lighter flavor to the blend. And so by adding one of these, you can get the satisfaction of a sweeter taste without actually concentrating any sugar into your tea. For some, re for some remedies, adding in honey actually adds to the medicinal effect as well. So for example, if you have a sore throat or you have a cough, then working with honey by itself is going to be helpful. And so adding it into your tea is going to sweeten it and also give you the benefits of coating your throat with that honey. Maple syrup tastes really nice in tea, and that's a good option. Molasses, which is not as sweet as cane sugar, still has a sweet flavor, can be medicinal for some people because it actually has a great source of iron, especially dark uh, blackstrap molasses. And then there's all kinds of powdered natural sweeteners, such as stevia, agave, date powder, monk fruit. There's tons of them available in most baking aisles that are probably going to be better alternatives uh, to cane sugar or um, artificial sweeteners for most people. But again, if you can learn to enjoy the flavor of the tea, that's generally best. So I did think about including tips for creating your own tea recipe, which I mentioned at the very beginning, um, but I decided that it's a topic that's best discussed on its own because there's just so much that can be talked about there. But this is this will definitely get you started, whether you're purchasing a bag of loose leaf tea you found online or you found a recipe you want to try or you're brand new to herbalism and your herbalist hands you five different plants and you want to mix them all together. If you would like assistance creating a custom blend for your needs, I would be happy to help you with this. You can visit my website to learn more about what it looks like to work one on one with me. That's www.laureltreewellnessllc.com. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this helpful, I would appreciate it if you shared it with a loved one, especially someone you know that you think this might benefit. And if you would consider leaving a review in the podcast app, I always enjoy reading your reviews and the emails that people send are really um, something that I enjoy and look forward to receiving. I hope you have a wonderful day and I will see you back here next week. The Family Herbalism Podcast is created for educational purposes only. You have the right and responsibility to make all health-related decisions for your own life. If you experience a medical emergency, please contact appropriate medical providers. To receive herbalist support, please visit www.laureltreewellnessllc.com. If you enjoy this podcast and find it helpful, please share it with your friends and family and leave a review. Thank you for listening.